Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hockey in the Classroom, episode 26. As always, Wally Wallace, I got a shy town with you down in Big D, the Lone Star State. Tony, what's going on, brother? Man, we're getting close to the end of the college hockey season. Some exciting playoff races. Excited to chat with you. Man, I, I will say this. I'm pretty. I'm a week and a week and a half away from getting my second dose of the vaccine, so um, I'm going to let loose after that. <laughs> nice. Hopefully, you'll be able to let loose in, in some Stars games here if they, if they could stay healthy and stay out of uh, harm's way there, huh? Man, so I was at the game last night, which was Tuesday, since we're recording on a Wednesday. And, you know, if you would have told me before the game that the Stars are going to hold um, the Lightning to under 20 shots, I would have said, oh, we're, we're cooking. We're cooking with fire. No, nah, it wasn't the case. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have definitely uh, not taken the under there on, sh- on shots for the Lightning. <laughs> Wally, I-, I have a question for you. Do you have Braden Point in fantasy hockey? No, I think I ended up dropping him about a week into the season. <laughs> Man, he, he had he had quite the night with penalty minutes last night. He took, I think he had nine. You know, uh, fantasy hockey's not going well for me uh, this year. That's a separate podcast that we could talk about my issues with that <laughs> type of thing. Um, uh, but uh, in over out east of PA, Brian, what's going on, Brian? Boys, we're getting closer and closer to our version of March Madness, and it feels great. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, I would rather watch college hockey and college basketball. Facts. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just how it is. Um, but, guys, we had a, quite an interesting weekend. Uh, we are, As Brian mentioned, we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, which is the most exciting time in college hockey here. And the teams in the bubbles just keep getting uh, a little bit foggier and foggier um, as the teams that are on the outside looking in are – creeping up and the teams that are in the inside but are on the hot seat could be bounced out and when we get closer to uh conference playoffs uh this this is going to be an interesting what was the phrase brian used last week this is chaos and we enjoy it (laughs) we absolutely i'm always for team chaos yeah Matt, Matt's team UConn, I'm team AIC, Brian's team chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian just absorbs everything else that isn't AIC or UConn. <laughs> Facts. Hey, I'm just I'm throwing it out here. I'm trying to get the UConn Huskies. I was trying to get them a little motivated on Twitter today. I, was tr- I saw that. Uh, uh, no no reply yet from them. Uh, so they're just I'm just going to keep blowing up their Twitter. I think they lost a couple <laughs> followers since you tweeted them. So we're going to get their numbers back up. So, so we got Matt Herb Brooks Wallace right here. <laughs> yeah, he keeps tweeting him again, I, yeah. again. I'll, I'll probably get kicked off of Twitter. Matt Matt Wallace has been blocked from. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, jokes on them. I think I could, I have a few other Twitter accounts I could just get them on. <laughs> There you go. You got a few burner accounts. E- exactly. Well, you got him. You got him. <laughs> um. But uh, but let's kick it off like we did last week. Tony, what's uh, women's hockey? What's going on? I know we got some interesting things going. Uh, that's happy on the women's side here. You know, I want to I want to turn a little bit to to pro women's hockey to the uh, to the players' association. And and I nearly bought a shirt. I better not drink too much tonight, or I will buy the shirt tonight. There's an Abbey Rock jersey available. It's only thirty five dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it, it may be purchased tonight. I'm, I'm on my. I had this. I had a beer from uh, Petticolas Brewery. It's thirteen percent. It's an old fashioned beer. 
And now I moved on to this blood and honey. It's a 7% beer. So yeah, Tony might be in a good spot tonight. But anyways, <laughs> um, they had a, they had a big weekend. They played, what was it? Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, they played at the garden and in the two games. So they played one at a different arena and one at the garden and the two games, you know, who led the the two games the series with points oh i already know it's abby rock yeah i mean this is a very pro <laughs> abby rock very pro abby rock podcast um but but i mean tip of the hat to her um hillary knight came out and said abby rock's about to be the best player in the world um and, and that's coming from probably the current best player in the world right there with um Hulin up in up in canada I, I probably said her name wrong Brian, you can scold me for that. But, um, yeah, great great scene for women's hockey. I know um, a bunch of the Canadian players are about to do a series like that. I know the Americans are going to Chicago soon. So, we love seeing it, and hopefully this can grow it into a professional league. But um, switching over to the, to the college side, which we love, we're in playoff time, baby. Playoff time is, you know, it started in Hockey East. Saw a couple upsets, uh, Providence and Northeastern took care of business like we expected um maine upset vermont yukon upset bc um and then northeastern beat yukon in the first semifinal so they'll meet the winner of maine and providence which are playing right now on saturday um for the hockey east title um in the ch in the ch did you have something to add matt no 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 i'm good keep going man all right all right right. i don't want to I want you to add your insight. Yeah. It's kind of valuable here. <laughs> um, Brian might be able to add something to this next one. The CHA, which will be taking place in Erie. I don't think it's located at the at the tarp. It is, is at correct? the tarp. It's at the tarp. It is at the tarp. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, for the um, two people that listen to this podcast to get the joke, I still call it the Erie Civic Center, but, you know. The tarp. The tarp. It's so, the tarp. We, we, we'll probably explain that one later on, that joke. But um, So in the quarterfinals, RIT and RMU will, will battle tomorrow afternoon. I think it's about a 2 p.m. puck drop. Then Lindenwood and Syracuse to follow. Winners of, of that will take on um, Penn State and Mercyhurst. So the higher remaining seed will take on Mercyhurst. And the lower remaining seed will take on Penn State. So... Um, the CHA, I mean, right now, Penn State, obviously, is the odds-on favorite. But, you know, Mercyhurst might be a sneaky team in here, the fact that they are playing in, in their home city. I couldn't imagine if they could have fans for this. The split between Penn State and Mercyhurst that they ended up playing each other would be just golden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brian would be yeah, there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Somebody else would be there, but Brian would be Rick, there. Rick, Rick and Marcy would be there. There you go. <laughs> Moving on to the ECAC, uh, Friday we'll see the semifinals. It'll be at the Higher Seeds Barn. Uh, Quinnipiac will travel to Colgate. And hey, Clarkson right. is at St. Hey, uh, Clarkson is at St. Lawrence. And then the finals will be on Sunday at the Higher Remaining Seeds Barn. And then um, for the WCHA, Wisconsin did clinch the WCHA regular season title on a Daryl Watts overtime winner uh, against UMB on Saturday. So, a big goal there. Winner of that game would have won the conference, the regular season conference title. Um, the WCHA to me, and, and this is not me being biased. This, it, yeah, maybe there's some bias, but it's also the polls being biased. Four of the top five teams in the country are going to be battling at Ritter Arena in Minneapolis this weekend. Uh, Wisconsin will take on Minnesota in another version of the border battle in the semifinals. And then Duluth will take on Ohio State. Um, the finals, I believe, will be on Sunday. So 
Um, some exciting action. I, I'm really looking forward to that WCHA tournament when you see five, four of the top teams in the country battling off. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I have that circle on mine, and I really wish this would get streamed on national TV because it's like you said, Tony, these are the four top, probably the four top teams in women's hockey, um, and they're all battling in the same arena on the same damn day. <laughs> um, you're not, you don't get that too often. Um, and so in Wisconsin, one, one, one thing to check out, um, I, I know it might be on big 10 plus. Oh, okay. I got to check and, that and out. And I think you might be, so I, I have just a Wisconsin subscription. So I pay like 10 bucks a month and that, so that way I can get women's volleyball and women's hockey, but you can get just women's hockey Okay. and, and men's hockey. So might be something to look into. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is. This is well. You don't get this very often where you have probably the four top teams in women's hockey battling it out in the same day. Um, you know, in you know, I look at the standings here, and from Wisconsin down to Ohio State, we're talking a three point difference here. So as much as that we hype up Wisconsin on this podcast, and and in every right that we should, I mean, you know, Daryl Watts has been nothing but short of a phenom uh, in, in college hockey. And is going to have a, you know, we were just talking about, you know, Hillary Knight being the former or being the current best player in the world, talking about the future best player in the world. And I think we got possibly the next play, best player in the world in, in Daryl Watts sitting there ready to join these two. Um, and I mean, are we shocked that, you know, Wisconsin just keeps pumping them out? <laughs> um, no, not really. No, not um, even a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, and that doesn't take away from what Minnesota, Ohio State, and Duluth provide to the women's hockey world. Um, and I, I, you know, going back to like we hype up Wisconsin all the time, but you can't lean on Wisconsin that's going to walk out of here as the number one, you know, is, is winning this whole thing. We, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Duluth are really good teams. And Tony, we've talked about it before. If Ohio State and Wisconsin end up winning and move on and play each other, Ohio State's had Wisconsin's name for the last few years. Um, so if you're a Wisconsin yeah, fan, they, that they, makes you a little nervous. They, they've been a, a team that it's you know it's kind of been it's kind of been even you know, and, and that's that's basically having Wisconsin's number when it comes to to women's hockey at this point. But no, you're absolutely right, especially when you're looking at a you know, a conf, you know, a one, a one game, a little elimination tournament, anything can happen. And we saw that last week, Duluth beat Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's maybe lost to every single team in this tournament and same with every other team. So, yeah. And I mean, who knows what and all you need is that one game, which, you know, especially in a COVID era, both women and men's side, <laughs> excuse me, is, um, you know, we're, we're going to the single elimination, um, you know, style tournament. So, yeah, all you got to do is you just get that one that one lucky break, that one lucky bounce, um, and, and the game is yours. Um, one thing I know this for sure, I can, I'll can i say this with confidence, is that this isn't going to be like a game that we probably saw early in the year where Wisconsin went ended up winning, you know, 11-1 to 1 type of thing. I think – uh, whoever ends, you know, these semifinal games, this is, you know, this is first my personal opinion. I think these are going to be close games. I think this is going to come down to the wire for each of them. Wisconsin playing Minnesota and Ohio State playing Duluth. And then the following day, uh, the next, you know, when these teams play again for the championship, whoever it will be, it's. I think it's going to be the same thing. I think we're going to see one goal games here. 
uh, between the four of them. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, but Tony, if that's all we got for women's hockey, let's let's uh, maybe shoot it over to the men's side here, and let's uh, let's get this uh, show on the road here. Yeah, let's do it, Brian. What do, what do you what's going on in the ECAC? Is there anything going on the ECAC? I feel like it's just sort of there. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's why we're starting out. You're with not it. wrong. You're <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, I feel like uh, when we look at it, you know, we see you know we see the scores and it's like okay. But when it's only four teams, it's just uh, – I still – just makes me sad seeing that. It's not exciting. Not exciting, but I think one of the things that we can really um, take from this conference is that even though they've only played four teams, Quinnipiac has, has been kind of flying under the radar when it comes to um, how well they've been playing. Right now, sitting eight in the pairwise, um, this, this team really didn't – you know, start the season off on the hottest note here. We weren't, you know, no one, this team doesn't really jump out at you um, to begin with. Um, but here they are uh, eighth in the pairwise. This team is offensively talented as some of the top teams in the nation right now. Um, and one of them uh, lead, getting led by one guy right now, Odin Tufto, who as after last week at his, 40 points and always two, only two points behind Cole Caulfield right now for the race for the number one player in the nation. Um, and will is, I think it's going to come down to two players for the Hobie Baker Caulfield and Tufto right now. Ooh, that's an aggressive take. <laughs> I, there's a lot of good guys, but here's the thing. You look at the top 50 players right now in, in scoring, um, Three of them are Wisconsin. I guarantee. I, I haven't watched a ton of Wisconsin hockey this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if all these these three guys are on the same line: uh, Caulfield, Wiesbach, and Holloway. But Tufto is number two right now, um, and you know, five goals, thirty-five assists. This this guy is just dishing it out left and right. Um, you know, doesn't shoot a lot; only fifty-seven shots on the year. Uh, which is complete polar opposite to a Cole Caulfield who's going to take the opportunity whenever he gets it type of thing. Um, but, you know, the, the distribution of the puck from Tufto, um, it can go unmatched with some of these guys here. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to call it out right now. I think it's going to come down to two players for Hobie Baker, Caulfield and Tufto. That's my, that's my prediction. Mark it on the, well, uh, it, mark it on the tape here in the show notes. Yeah. This is where Wally makes bold statements. <laughs> Well, and I and he's not the only guy Quinnipiac has gotten. Keith uh, Petruzelli. Bless you. Um, it's not. It's not that hard <laughs> when I actually look at the name, but then I panic. Uh, Mr. Petruzelli here. He uh, the senior goaltender is up for the Mike Richter Award. He's played in twenty five games. He's got a goals against average of one point six eight. Four shutouts on the season. A save percentage of nine point three one. I mean that you got to look at. It. That's another reason why Quinnipiac is clearly. Um, dominating play in in the ECAC. Now, I, you know, we, we talk about the pairwise a lot, and I'm looking at the USCHO pairwise, and I'm not sure which ones y'all are looking at, but they have Quinnipiac at six. So the fact that two different pairwise are different. Yeah, I'm on CHN right now. So, I mean, but that's, you know, I think we get this every year, um, which, which this, I think this gets a little confusing for, for people who aren't complete diehard fans um, to understand the pairwise and, you know, they're probably going, well, why is it different here versus here? You know, why is the US, USCHO rankings different than the USA hockey rankings? There's a lot of different rankings that get f- flying around in college hockey, especially this time of the year. 
Um, which is why, like, I always tell people you got to take it with a kind of like a grain of salt. I mean, usually the top four are going to be pretty consistent. And then really five through 16, you could see a per, you could see teams one to three spots different from someone else. Example being Quinnipiac, which you just pointed out. (laughs) Well, and, and here's the question for, for both of you. Do you, do you look at Quinnipiac as, a potential two seed in the NCAA tournament. Because, um, I mean, in, in a historic pairwise, they would be a two seed in the NCAA tournament with that ranking. Here's what I'll say about this. Um, I don't know if I would put them at two, only because they've only played three other teams this entire year. Um, so them being at six – in the USCHO pairwise versus eight in the CHN, I would I'm more comfortable them being at eight I'm, based on where they're at. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna name off eight teams for you right now and tell me if they should be ahead of any of these eight teams. And this is why I think this year, and I think we're gonna talk a little more pairwise next year, next week. But I'm just kind of spitballing here: Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, BCBU, UMass. I'm going to name nine teams. North Dakota, St. Cloud, Minnesota State. The only one I would put them in front of is Michigan. Yeah, same. Um, that's about where I'm at so there. right right there they right there they'd be at nine then. Which I think that's I think that's respectable for them. I think they should be in the top yeah, 10. I'll give them a three. I, oh yeah, I, I'll give them a three yeah, seed. Yeah, I think sure. a three seed. I think two you're pushing it like I said just because and, and this isn't anything that they can control. It's the Ivy League's kind of screwed the conference and them. And, and I don't want to say really screw them. They just – they were being concerned with their well-being for their players and their university, so – which is understandable. But when you're only playing three other teams and your schedule does get factored into this, and, you know, Clarkson, St. Lawrence, and Colgate all played pretty – you know not terrible seasons. Clarkson started out hot this year. Clarkson's always been a pretty good team the last, you know, 10 years or so that we've seen and been watching them play. Um, but that, that really comes into a factor there for them. That's why I just don't see them being a number two when we go into the frozen four tournament here. I think they're more comfortable at a three. I like them at the eight, nine spot um, in the pairwise, if that's where they're going to end up. And even if Quinnipiac, they get Colgate this weekend, or yeah, this weekend coming up here, even if they blow Colgate out of the water, you know, they'd be, you know, to, to put two more W's in the column there for them. I still don't think that moves them to that two line. I think a, a very solid, sneaky three. But again, with all these games, you know, we, you know, the, the theme of, aside from team chaos, the theme of it being it's one game, we'll see what happens. Anything's possible. But again, I, I'm with you there. I QU as a very solid, sneaky three, which also matches them with teams they played this season. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm, a, I'm obviously a big AIC fan. But no, no I'm never do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big AIC fan when it comes to Atlantic hockey. I, I, I don't love AIC when it comes to the grand scheme. And I'll give Quinnipiac them. Quinnipiac this. They shit-kicked um, AIC when they played. Sure. That might have been pretty early on in AIC schedule, but Quinnipiac, if you want to look at, you know, quality wins, and they're probably one of the few teams that have those, like, true non-conference games, not 
WCHA non-conference games. <laughs> I mean, they got they got swept at home by Bowling Green. I mean, really the only team that I would say, you know, yeah, AIC, but I think AIC is a product of their conference. And But Bowling Green, who I feel is a solid team, I mean, they lost to them 4-1 to one and 4-2 to two on home ice. Well, it's funny you bring up Bowling Green, too, because I was just about to say in the CHM pairwise right now, they're at number five with an asterisk next to their name. Um, I think being a five is completely generous for them. Um, I, I don't know. Bowling Green might be a five in the NCAA. I, I don't know if I would put them in the top ten right now for a pairwise. I, I, that's a hard sell for me. They've played extremely well this year, but they got some bad wins, unfortunately, which is what this asterisk uh, is next to their name for. Their, RP, or their RPI has been adjusted for some of the games they've played and that they've won. Um, and they, they've had a couple losses that probably they should have ended up winning. So, um, you know, their overall record, you're probably, people are probably like, how do you say they're not a top five, top 10, uh, pairwise team uh, right now? There's some teams like right on the out, you know, on the outskirts right now, you're looking at Wisconsin, Bemidji state who could, could really easily sneak in there. Now Bemidji state is lower than them in the WCHA, um, so I know people are going to cr- criticize and critique me on that one. Lake Superior, though, I mean, this is where the, the pairwise gets very confusing for people that don't understand this. Lake Superior is 12, but they're ahead of Bemidji State in the conference. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's coming down to the scheduling. Um, and now, especially, too, with the COVID era, did, did any of their games get canceled along the way? Were they able to make up some games? Um, you know, stuff like that. Um I think, like I said, I think Bowling Green at five is kind of generous. Maybe nine. I think it's very generous. I think generous. maybe between I, nine and 12 is where I would put Bowling Green right now. I, I would almost knock Bowling Green the same way I'm knocking Quinnipiac in that, okay, they had a couple nice wins early on against Quinnipiac. They got a win against Bemidji. But after that win against Bemidji on January 7th, when you look at really the quality teams, okay, they got a, they got a sweep at Michigan Tech. I think Tech's a pretty solid team. But they lost to Bemidji three times after that win. They lost to Minnesota State twice. They lost to Lake State. So the wins have come against Huntsville. They've come against Northern. Um, they have wins against Ferris. So they've done a phenomenal job of being the teams they should be. But that, and I think this, when, you know, we were talking about that subjective piece with the eye test. Yeah. I think we're talking about <clears throat> two teams right now, Quinnipiac and Ferris, are prime examples of why you need it this year. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. You know, it's it's gonna we're gonna you know I think this weekend's gonna be a real I I think the weekend coming up is going to really shift a lot of things around too in this pairwise. So I think come next week when we when we really break this down, we'll we'll get a better sense of where the pairwise is kind of settling the dust here um, when we go into the conference playoffs. But um, well, you know, as we wrap up the ECAC real quick, you know, I think, like I said, that we got a couple of solid things coming out of the ECAC, and that's um, a, a Quinnipiac team that we, we know can score, that's got great goaltending right now, that can contend for a top 16 tournament here. Um, and right now they're they're doing that on the back of uh, senior forward Odin Tufto um, and, and a couple other supporting cast members here. So, um it, Quinnipiac will make the top 16 regardless. Um, I know that for a fact. Uh, I mean, when, it's pretty easy when you only have four, 
four teams to, to base this off of in that conference. So I, it's the only conference I can say I'm confident before playoffs start that Quinnipiac will be in the top 16. Um, and I won't be shocked if they make a, a deep run in the, in the tournament. Yeah, I, I, dude, I'm with you. I know I was just kind of trashing Quinnipiac, and I, I really don't mean to because they are a good team, but it's one of those that we, we don't see what they have until, you know, tournament time. Exactly. Um, but let, let's uh, shift gears here to here a little bit, and uh, let's talk Atlantic hockey real quick. And, uh, Brian, we got anything going on in Atlantic hockey besides the fact that Tony loves AIC? <laughs> the, the course of any podcast of Tony waving the flag for AIC, which hey, is all good. Uh, big thing with AIC or with AIC, AIC the regular oh, season, <laughs> AIC the regular season East quote division <laughs> champ. Uh, yeah, yeah, pod pod, pod champions, champions baby, pod champions. I'm getting the make, say, make, <laughs> start printing the t-shirts. They're gonna <laughs> run out in Springfield very quickly. Tony's got a shopping spree tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So, go in regards to that. So, in the so with Atlantic Hockey, their tournament starting up uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, one thing that's kind of interesting to think of is they're doing the you know the uh, regional with an East region and a West region. Of course, Air Force being in the East region because geography makes sense sometimes. <laughs> um, apparently, it was due. Who would be dumb enough to major? In geography? I know, right. <laughs> Completely useless degree, but it comes in handy on <laughs> conversations like this, apparently. So, with regards to that, and Tony just bashed me to the corner here. <laughs> wouldn't have any other way. Um, so, with that, with Atlantic Hockey in the East, you have AIC number one, Army at two, and we go Sacred Heart, Bentley, Air Force, and Holy Cross going down, uh, down to the bottom there in the East, and then in the West region. I still can't get over that. We have RMU and Canisius, one and two, followed by RIT, My Mercer's Lakers, and Niagara. So with regards to that, top two seeds in each region are getting a bye. So the first round starting later this weekend, we'll have Sacred Heart facing Holy Cross, Mercer's faces Niagara, and Bentley will host Air Force. That'll be, the, that'll be next week. That'll be a Tuesday matinee game. So Air Force hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Um, they had a, their last two games, I believe, were postponed. So you got Air Force got to go all the way to defend, to, to defend, not defend, but to play in their East Region game at Bentley. So that's going to be a hike for the Falcons to go to Walton Mass to play Bentley. Um, but again, looking forward to it. Uh, it would be cool to see who mainly gets to uh, fight uh, AIC and Army for that and see how far the Tony flag can fly with AIC. But Army played uh, solid hockey uh, this weekend, uh, beating up Long Island. Uh, two, two wins there. They took care of business, needed, did what they had to do. And then a little home-and-home home suburban Buffalo action between Canisius and Niagara. Always cool to see those two teams, not too far down the road from each other, uh, split a home-and-home home there. Um, so I can't believe, you know, with, you know, the more I look at these, you know, next week, you know, we talk tournaments, we talk pairwise. It'd be fun to think of like, all right, we got the first round starting to wrap up um, in some conferences. And then uh, you know, Big Ten NCHC will be starting up there soon. Like we, like we opened up the show with, oh man, the cur- bring on the chaos, bring on the madness. I think one thing that I really want to point out about Atlanta hockey is how similar to Quinnipiac is that Army's flying under the radar right now. Um 
and I'm liking where they're at. Um, AIC right now top of the Atlantic Hockey, but I really like the position Army's in. I like how they've been playing this year. Um, I, I'm going to butcher a couple of these names, I'm sure, but uh, Colin Belek, um, who's their leading scorer right now, um, and he might he might be their secret weapon too. I mean, this kid on the power play, he's got eight power play goals this year, guys, out of 16 total goals. So this wow. kid, half, this, <laughs> half of his goals right now are on the power play. So that's pretty dangerous if you're going to penalize Army and, and let them get the man advantage here. Um, but they're getting they're getting contributions across the board from uh, almost seven other players, uh, if not more. Um, and, and what you know, too, like Tony mentioned about Quinnipiac, they're they're got a solid goaltender. And I feel like this year we're seeing across the country a lot of good goaltending this year. Um, Trevin Kozlowski um, has been playing outstanding hockey for them right now, twelve three and one overall. Um, with a 1.97 goals against average, I, that that's pretty incredible. So the defense in front of them is playing well. They're keeping the puck out of the zone, and then, like I said, when they're on the penalty, when they're on the power play here, um, you know, give it to this uh, Colin Bullock here, um, because this kid's gonna like the lamp for them. So I like where Army's at. I think Army's gonna give AI. They're incredibly yeah, hot too. They're gonna I mean, give AIC when, when you look at money. <laughs> when you look at Army, they're a team that they haven't lost a game in regulation since January 6th against AIC. Um, if you, you know, if you take AIC out of their schedule, this team is 12 2 and 1. Or, yeah, 12 2 and 1. Yeah. I mean, that's AIC has really been the only team that's kind of had their number, and they haven't played since early January. And, like you said, Army right now is riding an absolute massive heat wave. Uh, yeah. Um, the, I really – I know in the last few weeks we really talked about this conference being really a, a, a two-horse race here. Um, I think Robert Morris, Canisius can really maybe, you know, put a damper on someone's uh, top 16 dreams here. Um, but really at the end of the day, I, I really think it's going to be AIC or Army that's going to come out on top here for this conference. And like I said – um, the way Army's been playing lately, um, I, you just I can't pick, I just can't confidently say that I think AIC is going to be the ultimate Atlantic Hockey champion. I, I think if if I'm being like right now, the running joke of this podcast is me <laughs> with AIC, but like honestly, if if I'm picking a team right now, I'm picking Army. I mean, AIC hasn't played since January. Yeah, 30th. I, exactly. So you're talking about over four weeks of them not playing an Army who's just getting better and better each week i you know i'm i mean i'm with you i think that's why i'm saying army i think's in the in the driver's seat here <clears throat> with with this conference and, and i think they are setting themselves up for more success right now in the playoffs would love to see army aic for that uh east region i'm not even confident aic is going to get there no. well that's true it, it, it's. I mean, when you haven't played in, by the time they play, it's going to be a month and a half. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's hard to bounce back. I mean, this is kind of the scenario we were talking about about a month ago when we found out Michigan was uh, – the campus was on lockdown for a couple of weeks, and, and I believe that we were talking about someone else that – the BU was on lockdown for a little bit too in midseason. So, I mean, um, it, that's – you know, BU um, – with how strong of a team that 
they are. They didn't suffer as badly when they got back into action. Michigan did struggle, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right out the gate. I think they split a couple series, um, and, you know, it was just a little bit of sloppy play. Yeah, but the, the first the first game back, though, they just throttled with Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things where maybe Wisconsin possibly took them a little lighter than they should have being knowing the fact that they were out for two weeks. And, you know, I don't know. that that. Hopefully that's not the scenario because you never want to see that if you're going to take a team lightly. Was, yeah, but, I mean, this we're talking five weeks and possibly longer from them not playing. Um, plus two, Tony, if, didn't we say last week 13 games he needed? First, yeah, they've they got do it. have it. They're at six. They're, uh, they're yeah, at sorry, I'm looking at the conference games, not the total. Okay, never mind. So I mean, they're they're qualified, but yeah, it's when you're sitting when it's you terrible. sit out for over a month, um, you know, practice is not game. So you know, they can practice all they want if they're practicing, um, but once they get into a live game here, that that's a different animal. Uh, so like you know, I, I yeah it. Right now, everything's against AIC, and everything's really for Army right now. So, But, you know, we're going to see how that plays. You know, AIC could really maybe shock us to come out here firing on all cylinders, being well-rested. Who knows? That's <laughs> why they exactly. play the game. And that's why we do the podcast, to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, let's move to the more central part of our world here. Uh all right, you guys want to we do a little uh, face-off, see who wants to talk next? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little WCHA we hockey. We've, we've, covered a little, we've covered Bowling Green a little bit. And th- this conference is, you know, it's been a fun conference. I mean, I, it's clearly top-heavy, but Minnesota State did fall for the first time last weekend um, to Bemidji, which is – Bemidji's a team that I, I don't know what to think of them, if I'm being honest with you. They're a team that – you know, they went out and, and had a t- tough series against Minnesota State, split with them. They beat Lake State, which is is a really good team in themselves. But then tonight they lost 5-2 to Lake State. I mean, Bemidji had a chance to, like, propel themselves into the potentially the second the second seed in the tournament. Um, right now it's likely Bemidji is going to be the number four seed unless Tech pulls something out of their ass and upsets Minnesota State in Mankato a couple times. Um, in all likelihood, uh, Bemidji is going to end up fourth, or unless Bemidji gets upset by by Huntsville. Um, Northern, Huntsville, and Ferris are likely to be six, seven, and eight. Um, number two, Lake State's in a good spot. If um, if Lake State beats Ferris this weekend, I, I think they are going to lock in the number two seed. Raise your hand if you thought we'd be talking Lake Superior State for the number two seed in the WCHA playoffs. Um, nope. The you know, is not raised. <laughs> I, you know, I remember I mentioned early on that they were looking good. I didn't know if they could keep this up the whole year. So I, I'm pretty pumped to see Lake Superior um, sit, sitting where they're at right now in the WCHA. Yeah, they've had an incredible year. And if, if you were, if I was talking to you at the beginning, I would have picked them third if, as far as like UP schools. So um, hats off to them. They're having a great season. Having some really outstanding goaltending play in in the WCHA, you know, we talked about how they are kind of the top dogs when it comes to shutouts. Yeah, it certainly helps when you have 
when you have Ferris State in <laughs> in your uh, in your conference. But we have we've got a couple guys that are up for the. Actually, we've got uh, three guys that are up for the Mike Richter Award, uh, which was just announced. I'm trying to look for the date of this article, I can't find it. Doesn't really matter. Who cares? Um, Dryden McKay, the pride of Downers Grove, Illinois second best athlete to ever come with a Downers Grove, Illinois, <laughs> right behind our buddy here, Wally Wallacek. I did not know he was from Downers Grove. That, that's, right. that's awesome. Um, the other two, we have um, Merrick's Mightens from Latvia. I'm sure we'll be seeing him in the Olympics at some point uh, for Latvia. He's having a great season for the Lakers. And then Blake Blake Pedela, don't even try questioning how I'm pronouncing this name, Brian, because I'm pretty sure he pronounces it different. But I went to school with someone that I'm pretty sure is related to him, and he pronounced it Pedela. So I'm going. I feel like the Pedela. odds of them being related are pretty high with that last name there. Uh, yeah, I mean the Pedelas are just an absolutely huge family, and when I say huge, I mean numbers, not <laughs> size. And good clarification. It, it feels like every, it feels like every single year Michigan Tech has a Pedela on their team. It's like, do you who who is that group of white basketball players from that played at Duke that were all from like Indiana? Oh, the Plumleys. Yeah. If it, it felt like the Pedalas at Michigan Tech are like the Plumleys at Duke. <laughs> Seems like every every year there's like three of them. No, I mean we could say the same about but, the uh, Brzezinski's over at Saint Cloud. Fair, fair, <laughs> yeah, that's fair another point. one. <laughs> but yeah, those are a few of the. Uh, the, the players that are in the running from the, the WCHA for the Mike Richter award. So very well deserving. And, and I mean, there's a reason when you look at shutouts this season that the WCHA leads the way. Um, one thing that I really, I mean, one, a super cool shot about McKay being from Downers Grove. I did not know that. Whatever. I got to find out where in Downers Grove this kid's from. Uh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, especially cause uh, he's definitely going to be, I think one of the top two to, to finish out for the, the Richter award. I think it's going to come down to him or La Fontaine, to be honest with you. I think the, I think, I think it's, I'm confident I could say the Richter award is going to be in the state of Mil, uh, Minnesota. <laughs> he, he's, he's my, pick um, I think I pick, I think I was heavy on La Fontaine earlier this year because I was, I was pretty amazed with his play last year. Um, but man, McKay has just been dominating uh, college hockey, and he's just putting up some stellar um, stats across the board. Uh, so this, I, I I think we're going to see McKay in the NHL pretty soon here, uh, and I think we'll see Lafontaine too. Um, I, I both of them are well deserving of this award. I, I to be honest, I don't know really who I want to pick at this point. I, I mean, it's a it's a dead heat race for me between these two. That's how good both goaltenders are. Um, one thing I did want to comment, though, with Lake Superior, um, because, you know, I don't think they're getting enough appreciation in college hockey on social media and whatnot um, as far as how good this, this season they've been having, especially because, I mean, we really haven't seen them play this well since the old CCHA, um, which is saying a lot because that's – we're talking, what, eight – plus years we're talking about almost eight years now um God. so i mean it, it's good to see lake superior starting to turn things around um and, and i'm not talking about turn things around like at this point of the season i mean turn this thing around as far as their hockey program and they're now a contender here um and they're getting a lot of contributions 
um, from a handful of players, which is which is awesome to see because you're not going to see um, anybody really on the top 50 here as far as player scoring because they're spreading the puck around pretty well. Um, right now, though, their top two players, Ashton Calder and Pete Valette, I, I, I'm almost positive I just butchered the crap out of that name. <laughs> um, but they're playing. Our our, our yeah, but they're they're playing extremely well right now. They're both leading. They're they're leading the way right now for Lake Superior State as far as scoring. Um, about twelve twelve goals for Calder, ten goals for I'm gonna just call him Pete. <laughs> so I don't butcher his Solid. name again. Um, they're they've been rotating three goaltenders, which you don't see quite often in college hockey. I mean, unless we've had some major in- injuries or something like that. But it looks like they really got majority of their work from Merrick's mittens, um, who's leading the way for them, and you know we'll take them into the playoffs. I mean, one point nine goals against average is pretty good in the WCHA, especially when you got to play a Minnesota State, Bemidji State, and a Bowling Green team who seems to be kind of a offensive powerhouse this year, which is not normally their forte. Um, so, you know, good for Lake Superior State. I'm, I'm happy to see that they're a contender in the WCHA um, if this is the last year for the WCHA. <laughs> you, you, you know, so I want to I want to go back to a conversation we were just having about LaFontaine versus, uh, versus McKay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read off their numbers for our for our listeners. Uh, Jack Jack Lafontaine has played in 22 games, 17 and five. He's got a goals against average of 1.56, five shutouts on the season, a .941 save percentage. Um, Dryden McKay, 18 games, 15 and two, um, a 1.3 goals against average, eight shutouts, and a 9.33 save percentage. Wow. I, I, I'm 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 kind of on the train that you and I were at on at the beginning of the year, Matt, with with Lafontaine. The fact that he's doing this in you know in the Big Ten is so well, impressive. You know, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, what both what both goaltenders bring to the table is is incredible. Um, you know, McKay, who's got eight shoutouts this year's, is. I don't know if anybody's really close to that except for LaFontaine who I, who's at five. Um, so I mean, but like I said, I think this is the year of the goaltenders. I uh, we're seeing a lot of great goaltending this year. Um, one guy that I, I think I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast too, and I'm going to just bring him up now. And that's Wisconsin's freshman Cameron Rowe, um, who could easily be a top five goaltender right now in the, in the league. Um, and I would I would be comfortable to say he's a top five goaltender, um, and I think he's part of Wisconsin's big success this year in the Big Ten. Um, he he is flat out dominated the Big Ten, um, and uh, they, Wisconsin's got a bright bright future with this guy in between the pipes as long as he's he's there for four years. Who knows? Um, but going back to Lafontaine and McKay, I mean I. You know, I'm on CHN's website right now, the top 50 goaltenders. McKay right now is listed at seven with LaFontaine at two. Um, I think the Richter's going to one of these two, though. I it just I don't know. I don't know how you pass up these two as, as a Richter award winner. No, I'm with you. But I, I Cameron Rowe, like, great call on that. I mean, the who would have thought that when it comes to save percentage – Wisconsin would have a guy in the top. Well, three. here's here's a um, and, and, and 
Well, go go ahead. Go ahead. And I was just I was just gonna say like I think that right there is the reason why Wisconsin hockey's in a spot where they might win the Big Ten. Title. So I just wanted to point out real quickly. So out of the top fifty goaltenders, there's a lot of freshmen sophomores in here. But I want to point out the top five goaltenders right now, and this is based off CHN's website. Number three is a freshman, Cameron Rowe out of Wisconsin. Number four, Blake Petelia, Tony, you, Michigan Tech sophomore, Boston College sophomore, Spencer Knight. So your top five goalies based on, again, CHN's top 50 goaltenders. And that's off safety. Yes. Three out of the five are freshmen and sophomore. So the future the future like goaltending is really good. Even like, and you can't even really consider the top dude on that list in there because he's only playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, they got a ticker here that says need 33% of the team's total minutes qualifying. But, yeah, eight, eight games um, for UMass. Um, so, I don't, I don't I, you know. I'm not trying to take anything away from Philip Lindbergh here, but again, I agree with you. Um, but you know, the future for goaltending is extremely bright. I mean, we've seen it even in the NCHC. Um, Miami, I th- you know, as much as they've struggled the last few years, um, Ludwig Pers- Pearson is a freshman goaltender who's been in that all year. This man. kid's a flat-out player, man. This kid, pl- kid just balls out. Um, you know, Miami in a couple of years, if they can get the right pieces in front of them, um, Miami's going to be dominating college hockey. This this guy is like this Man, guy can play goalie. He, I mean, that game. I was watching the Western game on Sunday against against Miami, and and uh, Dave Starman he made he made the comment of, and and I agree with him. I haven't watched a ton of Miami hockey this year, uh, but how many games they would have absolutely been throttled in if he didn't keep them in it. No, I agree. And I believe there's a comment too. And, and I've watched a few games this year. Miami is a solid first period team, but once you get in the second and third period, it, it's almost like the wheels fall off and, and Pearson's just trying to keep them intact for as, as long as possible. Just, you know, to, to make sure it's not a complete blow. I mean, he's made some incredible saves. And, and to your point, I watched the Sunday game too. Um, on CBS Sports, and um, it, it was, you know, I, that game easily could have been, you know, six, seven to two, but Pearson kept him in it. Um, he made incredible saves, um, and he's been doing that all year from the games that I've been able to watch. So uh, another freshman um, in college hockey that, you know, w- we're going to see just get get better and better and here you know a couple years from now we we might be talking about Cameron Rowe and Pearson as being Richter Award finals here would not surprise um but before we you know wrap up the WCHA you know like you know we've talked about all year um Minnesota State dominating but you know this is going to be a fun and interesting playoff tournament to watch with Bowling Green Lake Superior and then you talk about Tech Bemidji State Northern I mean, playing well, and you know all they need is that one. So th- this, I, it's, I think this will be a fun tournament to watch. I, you know, I'm I'm really hoping we get to see uh, Minnesota State Bemidji again. I, if if I'm being honest with you, those are the two teams that I think if, if there's a team out there that can knock off Minnesota State, the team I'm confident. In doing yeah, it is. for sure. 
But, you know, we, we were talking a little Big Ten or a lot of Big Ten in this segment. Like, Matt, what's going uh, on? Yeah, Big Ten is still one of the more exciting conferences to talk about um, as we get into the Big Ten playoffs. Minnesota still, though, num- on top here um, with Wisconsin number two. Um, it's This is really going to be a battle, like I, you know, I think we've talked about before, between three, four, and five. Um with between Michigan, Notre Dame, and Penn State. Um, Wisconsin dominated Ohio State, and I think we kind of saw that coming um, this past uh, weekend. Uh, you know, they swept OSU 2-1 um, Friday, but then came out lights, you know, boss the wall 7-0 on Saturday. Um, Notre Dame took care of business as like they needed to with Michigan State. And then, you know, Michigan played Arizona State, which I, I don't know if it's factoring into the Big Ten uh, uh, percentage here. Arizona State Arizona State doesn't count. Yeah, so Michigan, point. it's just – it's just I mean, Michigan won 4-1 on Friday, and then it was a 1-1 tie on Saturday. Um, so, really, that's just Michigan just trying to, like, keep the legs fresh as they get into the playoffs here. Um, you know, we got – like I said last week, we got – Interesting games coming up that can really be a difference maker here, um, and that's really uh, Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, Michigan State. Um, Mich- Wisconsin needs to win, needs to sweep Michigan State this this weekend, and uh, they need Minnesota to lose one to have to have a to solidify this number one spot here. If not, um, I think Minnesota, if Minnesota could get two W's against Michigan this weekend, um, if this is based on the point percentage here, Minnesota is going to come out on top. Um, So it's going to be a big weekend for Big Ten hockey to see who finishes one and two, which I love. I, you know, I love when it comes down to the last weekend (laughs) type of shit. So (laughs) um, this is going to be fun to watch. And then, you know, we're going to get an interesting, I believe it's a Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the 10th is. We're going to wrap up a Big Ten. That's Wednesday. Wednesday. So next Wednesday, we'll get a little uh, big brother, little brother wrapping it up in the Big Ten here. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State before we get going into the playoffs here. But um, we got some – the Big Ten's going to be intriguing because I'm I'm intrigued to see how Penn State, Michigan, and Notre Dame play um, against Wisconsin, Minnesota. Now, whoever gets the number one spot, we all know, gets the first first round bye. Um, so that's that's really what between Wisconsin Minnesota that's what they're battling for. But after that, um, one of them's got to play in the first round, and then you got Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State right below them. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan State have not been a factor this year. So if either Wisconsin or Minnesota ends up playing, what I think is going to end up being Michigan State, I don't think that's a game you got to worry about too much. Um, but it's the games after which can end up being playing Notre Dame or Michigan, depending on how this, this wraps up, um, can be a, could be interesting. And I feel that's, that's a, that's a toss up too. I, I think if I had to choose one and if I had to choose one on neutral ice, I think I'd rather see Notre Dame, but the fact that this is at Compton and yeah, I know there's not going to be fans, but the fact that the Irish get to sleep in their own beds and you know they're familiar. They're familiar with the boards there. They're familiar with the ice. They're familiar with that venue. That's scary. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, home I mean, ice they advantage without knowing you have home ice advantage. Yeah, 
They they know the bounces. They they know the the arena better than anybody. I, I would agree with that one hundred percent. And and they don't have to travel either. Um, I mean, granted, it's only a few hour bus ride, but that's still traveling. So they don't have to do it. Um, now we we talked about it earlier. Um, Wisconsin has got a stud, um, a bunch of studs. In fact, on the team, I mean, it's not just Cole Caulfield. I mean, we I mentioned Linus Biesbach and Dale Holloway um, earlier in the. Ty Emberton on the back yeah. end. Yeah, and incredible. then you're talking about Cameron Rowe. I mean, Wisconsin's a scary team to go up against. But when you look at Minnesota, I mean, we talk a lot about LaFontaine as well as we should. Um, but we don't talk enough about the, the the forwards and the defensemen in front of him. Um, because they're not they're not dominating college hockey because they're getting they're getting contributions from almost across the entire board here. But if you really want to talk about scoring, Sample Ranta, Ben Myers, Sammy Walker, these are the three names I think you need to watch, keep your eye on. Um, these guys are the three that are, are really – I mean, when it comes to lighting the lamp, these are the three you're relying on. Um, Ranta, 15 goals right now so far this season. Myers and Walker, 11 and 12. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're – but they're getting – like I said, they're getting contributions across the board from Brandon Manis – uh, Blake McLaughlin, uh, and it just the list goes on. So Minnesota is just as scary. And when you have LaFontaine and Nutt and you're Wisconsin and you have Cameron Rowe and Nutt, uh, I mean, the recipe for success is right there in front of you. They just need to execute. And it also is going to come down to who who ends up being – gets that first round by. I think that's going to be a huge difference maker. Um, as far as getting to the Big Ten championship, um, I'll – you know – It'd be pretty cool to see Wisconsin and Minnesota battle it out though in the Big Ten playoffs at some point, whether it's the championship or earlier. So, if that's the case, that would be pretty cool to see um, because I think that's – I mean, these are really two of the Big Ten champions right here. Um, Notre Dame-Michigan could knock one of them off. Uh, and like, you know, Tony, you brought up Notre Dame with the home ice advantage technically. And Michigan's had a decent year this year. I mean, they got a lot going for Michigan's yeah, Michigan capable. is capable. I agree with that. Um, but it'd be really cool to see Wisconsin, Minnesota in that championship because that that's been basically the Big Ten championship all year long. Well, I love having I love hearing you say Lafontaine. It's just so soothing. <laughs> Very AMSR quality of just oh, oh, late nineties you know. Buffalo Sabers. D- don't 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 <laughs> don't talk to Hills oh. about. Oh no. Wait, so I, I, I don't know. I, you probably weren't there because you never came out with us, Brian. But um, just all kinds of low blows today. Uh, we we were watching. I don't even think it was NBC Sports. It might have been Versus at that time. No, I think it was NBC Sports. And they did their, like, top ten list. And it was Best Americans. And what, Pat LaFontaine came out as one yeah. number two? And Hill was so pissed. He's like, he's not an American. Yeah, he was. He was like dead on. Like, I'm pretty sure he's Canadian. I was like, all right, all right, dude. Why don't you Why don't you go get another picture of PBR and convince me again? <laughs> <laughs> what one year for Christmas? We need to pitch in and get him. We can get it from China or something. I don't know. USA. Um, a Pat La- a Pat Lafontaine USA. <laughs> and when he doesn't want it, I'll take it. And then I'll try to make it a Buffalo yeah. Sabres one from the late 90s. There. He'll just he'll just print <laughs> off a, a Canada logo and duct tape it to the front. <laughs> oh, 
or or right or right yeah. majority <laughs> girl back. <laughs> um, but as far as with the big time, you know this, you know we talked about last year too, Tony, when we, when we did this podcast, the big time, even though we didn't get to see it because of COVID. The Big Ten shapes up every year to be an exciting playoff, um, and I think we're going to get it again this year, despite you know Ohio State, Michigan State being the two bottom feeders right now. Um, I think one through five can get really intriguing here, so it's going to be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks shape up. Um, but as far as the Big Ten, that's really all I got. So I mean, I really could, let's shift gears here and, and let's go back out east, kind of in Brian's neck of the woods, and let's talk hockey east. Right. All I know is BU's goaltending situation got even weirder. <laughs> Just, yeah, even weirder than we were. That's what Adam Woden said. Yeah, he ain't wrong. Wait, I'm going to need someone to elaborate that for me. <laughs> that's that's just what one of the articles in CHN says. Um, BU's goaltending situation got even weirder. I figured this is one I don't need to read. This is a great headline. Like it makes you want to read it unless you're Wally, who just was waiting for us to read it for him, apparently. Uh, well, yeah, because I, I, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we all went to Western. Yeah. They don't teach reading. <laughs> they teach drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, math. <laughs> at the library. You learn how to do math at the library. <laughs> there yeah, we, we go. go to Waldo. <laughs> uh, it looks like um, what it came down from that was it looks like um, – BU was only had one healthy goalie for their game against the Fighting Wallaces of UConn, so that's um, and UConn couldn't get the shit. Done. And they Are couldn't get it done with right one now? with couldn't get it done with one goalie for the for the Terriers there. All they all they had to do was take out the goalie. All it, <laughs> all it takes is to run into the goalie wides, and now you got some de- defenseman strapping on the pads. Yeah, yeah. club dude. You got, you got the trainer out there. <laughs> the backup, the backup the Zamboni pads. driver. Yeah. Yeah, it just took a simple two-on-one crash the net, you know, take your two-minute penalty and get them out of there. I mean, come on, UConn. I can't write this up any better for you guys for success. Put, put your worst – you can put your worst player in there and have them get a game misconduct. <laughs> exactly. UConn, it's called about playing smart. Come on now. <laughs> but Unbelievable. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable, UConn. Dude, I, I, I've, I've got a wild uh, Hockey East statistic. Oh, yeah? Late on us. Nine teams in Hockey East have just as many, if not more, wins than Vermont. Wow. <laughs> you know, Vermont is one of those teams where I'm just like, like, what, what's, like are they ever going to be a contender since, like, what? They haven't contended since, what, like 1999? It's not before that. Since, you, like, Marty think- – do you Since think Marty Bernie St. Louis been there? Patrick Sharp? Do you think Bernie Sanders st- sits in the stands with his jacket and Stand, his mittens on? And he just, he just sits in there. Sits in there. He, really he sits yeah. in the stand. Like, <laughs> that, that same look that Bernie Sanders had at the inauguration is the exact same look all Vermont hockey fans have had for the last you like, know, what's, five years. What's crazy is last year, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive Babcock was uh, – was helping Vermont out and was like an analyst for them when he was let go by the Red Wings. How do you not take advantage of that guy's knowledge? <laughs> like the guy easily could set that this this team up for success. Granted, you got to recruit too, but I mean, like, and yes, I understand they're in the hockey's, which is one of the one of the more dominating uh, conferences in all of college hockey. But damn, like Vermont, 
try at least. <laughs> they're they're ready for next year. Do you th- do you think they're do you think they're going to get relegated to the uh, the Atlantic? I mean, they they got to do something. I mean, they're not they're not even remotely close to a contender in hockey, and I haven't seen them be a, a contender in God knows how long. So, I don't even know if ever since I've watched college hockey. So, so actually, do you think Bernie had that look because he was like thinking about Vermont hockey <laughs> at that moment? Another shit year. <laughs> so, if Vermont gets relegated to Atlantic, does American does AIC get promoted to Hockey East? Then is that how are we going Premier League rules here? No, they just, they can just they they can just have an even amount of teams in their fucking. There we go. For real. Like, I mean, I mean, but you're like, it's just so bad to like. Look at the standings, and you're like, "Oh man, look at one through like nine, and then you get down to eleven. You're like, "What the shit?" <laughs> like if if you if you combine Maine and Vermont, they're winning. They'd still be in last place. <laughs> and which is crazy because Maine was good last year. So right? like, I don't. That's why. That's why yeah, I'm not they sure were that Maine is being intense this year because last year they were a top four team in the conference, but Vermont's been holding steady at eleven for what probably fifteen plus years at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so uh, I'm, I'm looking at Maine. Maine's got three. Uh, they've got three wins. They split with Vermont. Oh so right, Jesus right Christ! There, they might need to get relegated too. <laughs> they beat Providence. Nice upset win. You know who their other winners against? Please Wally? don't tell me UConn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. they beat they beat they beat UConn six four oh, last half weekend. that team had have had COVID <laughs> that day. <laughs> oh, let's talk about positive stuff in hockey, and that's the fact that BC, BU, and UMass right now are the top three teams in this conference. Also, some of the top teams in the pairwise, and heading into the hockey's playoffs. Um, this is going to be interesting to see who ends up out of these three hockey's champion because BC is hold number one steady all year because BU hadn't kickstarted their season till later this year. And UMass is kind of um, has contended, but I think when they end up playing BC this year, I think BC's had their number most of the time, but BU is like, I've talked about the last few weeks, this team is as solid of a team as a Minnesota State, a North Dakota, a Boston College, and so forth. The only reason we're not talking about them as much is because they've only played 13 freaking games this year versus 20, 25, and so forth because of their late start. But if BU gets in this top 16, right now they're seven in the CHM pairwise, or if they get higher up and they win a hockey championship and they jump up to that Number two, three spot in the pairwise. Uh, I watch Would that out. Would that fall into chaos territory? I mean, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't know. Like to me, BU is one of those teams that if, if we were playing a normal year, they'd be. I mean, they're such a talented team that all around that. Th- yeah, this is a team that they should get a high seed, in my opinion. It, it's almost like. Are we looking at BU like we looked at Ohio State in football? Yeah. I mean, and here, let me throw you something out here. You know, we were just talking about goaltending. Let me let me tell you there are three goaltenders right now. Freshman, freshman, sophomore. So, Vinny Duplicis. I'm, I'm not I'm going to try to snap you for that one. I got nothing there for you. Yeah. Even yeah, Delco, right now, yeah. This guy <laughs> – this guy's <laughs> five games, four and one. He's got 
uh, 1.66 goals against average. Drew Camesso, Camesso, another freshman, eight games played this year, six and one record. And then Ashton Abel, sophomores played two games, only one registered loss this year. They're riding their coattails of two freshman goaltenders. I, I feel like some of the best teams in the nation are riding the coattails of freshman goaltending right now. So that's kind of a nice trend here. But then I look at the freaking you know, their top scoring. All right. I've, I've talked about David France over the last two years, and I think he's one of the best defensemen in the nation. Um, he, he's there tied with their top leading scorer and Jay O'Brien, sophomore forward. You go down this list, though. Freshman, Luke Tuck, Robert. You're going to try that? You're going to try uh, Robert's name there? That's Alex. That's Robert, Mastrom's whatever. Mastro Simone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Peroni. sophomore. You go down the list of uh, so, sounds great. Like Al- or that Alec, Alec, Alec Vlasic, Vil- Wilmer Skoog, Nick Zabenef. I mean, the list goes on. The amount of sophomores and freshmen that are on this team. You didn't want to get down to the <laughs> no. I don't. I really don't. I, my but cursor I, was there. Bogus. I'm like, please say it. Please say it. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna call him bogus <laughs> and stop at that. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. But I mean the 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 contributions from the freshman sophomore talent pool on this team is incredible, um, and where they're sitting at in the pairwise and how well they play, I this this is a team where if they ended up winning and, and this is obviously hypothetical here, if they win a national championship this year. I, I mean, we're talking like kind of like a Minnesota Duluth. I think we're we're talking a potential dynasty here for the next two, three seasons, because these kids are so young. But but here's the difference, though, and, and I think you know when you look at why we've had such a shift, and it's cool that it's getting back to the traditional powers being good again. But I think why we had a shift where you're seeing teams like Quinnipiac making runs, and and Providence, and Western getting good, and and all these teams was because teams like BU, BC, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan tended to get a lot of that like high-level talent that were only lasting a couple of years. So it's going to be really interesting to see if these uh, guys Yeah, I mean, out. I don't know what their draft stock is. You know, a lot of these guys could have been drafted um, over the last year or two. Um, so I can't speak on that behalf. But, um, you know, with the amount of freshmen and sophomores that – aren't getting enough playing time but are contributing when they do get into the lineup um, does speak volumes for this BU team. So BU could be one of the youngest teams right now in the nation. I'm sure we can look that up too on CHN because they do an average age. And um, the way they're playing and the uh, how dominant they're playing in such a short stint um, is great for them and it's great for Hockey East and if you're a team that's not in the Hockey East that's in the pairwise right now you, you gotta watch out for BU I think they can make a sneaky run deep run here in the top 16 I, I'm, I'm gonna make this prediction right now and I don't think it's really a bold prediction by any means BU is getting into the tournament they're BU uh, they're, they're gonna get that Ohio State treatment and I think right yeah now, I mean so. if it I think if they don't win hockey's championship, I still believe BU's in the top sixteen. Yeah, I don't think even, yeah, even if they tumble, I would say play, it in. they're at Lowell. They play one game at Lowell on Saturday. Even if they tumble there, yeah, I, I still, yeah, they're 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 going to sneak in. 
Well, this is going to go towards that eye test, and BU fits whatever this eye test is. I think BU's the the epitome of the eye test. So, I mean, if you're if we're gonna if we're gonna yeah. look, you know, if we're gonna say, oh, the pairwise or the, the top sixteen is based on a pairwise, but we're also going to use an eye test. BU is probably they're probably leaning on BU more as an eye test, and probably set the bar too for that. That like you know, eh, like should they be in? Should they not? Um, I you know, BU is probably right there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would lock them in for top sixteen. Right now they're at seven in the CHN pairwise. I, maybe a little lofty just because of the amount of games they they've played this year eight in the USCHO. So not you know, yeah. there. So, but I could see them being between like an 11 and eight spot here pairwise when we finish this. I mean, unless they win the hockey championship, then, you know, they could probably potentially switch spots with BC at number two. It's possible. possible. Very possible. So, you know, this, this will be one of those, uh, Kind of, you know, we'll see what how the hockey shapes up. You know, now we're looking at UMass and Northeastern, who've had decent years as well. Um, Providence could shake things up, and you know, unfortunately, even though UConn is flipping nine and ten two this year, you know, there's still a decent team that can shake things up in the playoffs here. So uh, this won't be an easy task for BC and BU to get all the way to the hockey's championship, but believe it's going to be one of these two that walk out hockey championship. I think that's a fair. Them with, them with UMass. That's Look forward to previewing that statement. tournament bracket uh, on next week's episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's um, wrap it up. I guess we only have what NCHC really left, right guys? Yep. Um, and the NCHC, yeah. congrats North Dakota. I guess I should have said congrats to Minnesota State too on the Monoc. How do I say that, Tony? The, uh, the McNaughton Cup, Brian McNaughton Cup, so. um, North Nick, uh, North Dakota with the Penrose Cup again. Um, you know, are we shocked? No, I think we predicted this beginning of this year. North Dakota was going to win the NCHC. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, everyone did. I think the most shocking part about the NCHC is um, Minnesota Duluth. Right now, they're on the outside looking in on a pairwise. Uh, they are going to need to make a deep run into the NCHC and potentially need to win it to get in the top 16. Um, so something that I don't think anybody really saw coming, especially tuned back-to-back national championships, and then really were on pace to get a third last year until they were until we roadblocked by COVID. They were having a hell of a year, um, and one of the top teams to to that were favored to win a third national championship. I think people are expecting that they were going to come into this season with the potential of being, you know, quote unquote, their fourth national championship, really their third. Um, and man has that really taken a tumble. And I think it's really taken a tumble ever since they got swept by Western a couple of weeks ago and then ended up losing to CC the following week in one game. So if you're a Duluth fan, you really need to, you know, pray that you, that you win an NCHC playoff here um, in the frozen faceoff. They they really need to hope that they beat St. Cloud this weekend because if you know if if I'm St. Cloud or if I'm Duluth, and this is a must win game for both of those teams because the winner gets a second seed. And yeah, okay, we might be a little bit biased, but with the way Western is rolling right now, and especially Ronnie Adder, I like. I say a prayer before bed every single night that Ronnie Adder comes back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because 
damn um, you know I'll make a prediction I think he'll come back for for at least one more year um okay here's a que- here's a question for you on Ronnie Adderd. is is he he's got to be in the conversation at least you know preliminary wise for for the Hobie Baker oh yeah I would agree mm-hmm. I would agree heck of a season to start he's got to carry that momentum into it man's got a I mean cannon. He- do you, do you know who? Do you know who his shot kind of reminds me? Are you of? gonna say Matt Tennyson? No, let's go. I'm gonna say Matt Tennyson. Oh, yeah. wears the same number. <laughs> uh, In all fairness, worst case scenario, if Ronnie Aptar does not uh, come back to Western, he may be playing down the street for me at the Wells Fargo Center for the Flyers. So, yeah, not the worst um, thing. Adder and Tennyson. He's got a little Philly. <laughs> yeah, is the worst thing. Adder and Tennyson definitely are two two different style defensemen. But when it comes to that shot, um, right. they. Both have a cannon off the uh, off the the one T, especially on the power play. Um, but Adder's way more mobile, I think, than Tennyson ever was. Uh, I think Tennyson had a little bit more of a mean streak when he played defense too. Uh, Adder is a solid defenseman. He's got a really good stick uh, and really can uh, back check really well, um, especially on the boards. But his um, involvement in the offense, especially in the rush, I mean, he's he's such a smooth skater. I think that's really. To the one thing, I mean, Tennyson was was really more of a is your traditional one timer off the blue line power play specialist, uh, and Adder is you know he can puck handle, he can break it out, he could get the rush going type of thing. He'll go down low um, when they need to put some offensive pressure. I think that's the difference maker between if you're going to compare those two. Um, oh, I was yeah. just comparing their shot. That was literally the um, only thing I'm comparing. Yeah. Now, Western, unfortunately, and I think some fans are probably going, are you kidding me? But some people might think of this or interpret it as getting screwed by the fact that Denver series up against, I believe it was Colorado College, got officially canceled. So what does that mean for Denver? They get to lock in the five spot here based on the point percentage, and Western will take six. So what does that mean for Western? I think that's actually good for Western if Duluth doesn't beat St. Cloud this weekend. Yeah, I because Westerns had their number all year, but, and, now, and we've not had Omaha's or St. Cloud's number. So, it, exactly. I mean, if this was years past, they played a lot better against St. Cloud. We have we have played we have played pretty well. Yes, St. Cloud I, in fact, well. if I would, the only team I really was kind of doubt, not wanting to play was North Dakota or Omaha, who's one and four. Now, you people are probably going, "Are you serious? Why wouldn't you want to play a four team?" Omaha's team, despite being four in the NCHC, could easily be two and three in any other conference. Um, I mean, when 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 you look at Duluth and St. Cloud right now, we've played. I mean, really, before this Miami series, that was Western's last eight games, and they were three, four, five. They were five and three in that stretch. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, Western, who's been just. Oh, I mean, one of the hottest teams in the second half of the season uh, might have one of the top power play units in college hockey, at least over the last four or five weeks. You know, Dave Starman said the best on Sunday. If you're North Dakota, St. Cloud, and Duluth, uh, two teams on the bottom four that you need to be careful and need to uh, watch out for, and that would be Western because of how well they've played and just improved over the season because they're playing with a lot of freshmen. 
and Colorado College, because of their size value, they're able to, you know, essentially throw their body around and really try to beat you up physically. Um, and, and, you know, that's Colorado College will keep it close in that regards, try to win a, maybe a possible 2-1-3-2 game, so to speak. And in this single elimination, which is different than years past for the first round, this this could be one of these years where, you know, Colorado College can or Western or Miami can knock off one of the top three schools right out the gate. And and I mean great news. And he looked I thought he looked he looked pretty decent last this past weekend getting Brandon Bussey. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw there. that coming, including me, uh to play the f- <laughs> To play the first game of the year, get hurt, and not play the whole year. And then, I mean, because especially, I mean, Austin Kane's played decent this year, you know, having to really fill in as the starter when we kind of knew he was going to be the backup. But, you know, here we go again. We're talking about freshman goaltending. And they got a lot of assists this this year from Alex S. Landis, uh, probably another one I'm butchering, who his – that's what who's, it looks who's like. played outstanding right. this year. I mean, uh, for a guy who probably didn't expect to get really much time at all, uh, and stepping in five three and one overall, and he's really played most of the. You know, it's him and Austin came really pretty much split time this year, uh, and I think Eslandis um, has probably had a better outing than Kane, uh, unfortunately. So when, especially riding his his success, I was shocked to see Brandon Bussy in that there. But I mean, Bussy early on in that first game, a little shaky to start, but Sunday was rock solid. I mean, he ended up getting both wins here. Um, but but you know, going back to the just overall NCHC, um, the the playoffs format is going to be intriguing. Um, just because, uh, you know, who who ends up finishing here, number two and three, I think is really what we're looking at. After that, I mean, everything else is pretty much locked in. I mean, to me, there's six teams in the NCHC that I'm not shocked they walk away as. as I would 100% agree. Now, from the people that probably don't remember, don't know, now this is not being played in Minnesota as it normally is. It's being played in in North Dakota's home barn, uh, and they are going to have fans there. So this is where it gets. How does North Dakota? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. This is where it kind of gets intriguing now. Home fight, home ice just became an actual factor for the first time, probably in college hockey, for any school, because North Dakota is allowing a certain percentage of their fan of fans to come in, and we all know it's going to pretty much be North Dakota fans. So, um, th- this could get intriguing. If really, I would. But I wouldn't let's let's just say this. I mean, I, it's North Dakota has been extremely hot the last few weeks. One of the hottest teams in college hockey, getting hot at the right time too. Uh, Colorado College, if you're if you're basically number two through six, so if you're Saint Cloud, Duluth, Omaha, Denver, Western, you're basically saying, "Hey, Miami, we just need you for one." We just need one. Just get, let's let's get this one. If you if you're gonna contribute anything this year, let's just knock North Dakota out right out the gate. <laughs> you know, you know what? We're on the trend. You might you play them ten exactly. times. You might win nine. Exactly. So, uh, because really, after you knock North Dakota out, uh, between two and six, I think is a pretty even matchup. 
You know, man, I, I like Pearson, but that team and, you know, they just don't have the firepower. I mean, I think North Dakota is going to look like Wisconsin women's hockey in this game where they outshoot them about 50. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying not to agree with you. I'm trying to like be a little optimistic here about Miami, but you know, um, and, and this is, you know, this is a tough thing to just put on, on Pearson as a freshman goaltender, but I agree. They, they just don't have scoring and that's where they struggle. And they give up a lot of two on one, uh, three on two. They give up a lot of goals on the rush. We saw this past weekend, Western was able to get something on the rush. We saw Ethan Frank just dangle his way between three guys and get one. The defense in front of them, in front of Pearson, is just not solid enough. But you're hoping for one game they can just put it together. Because let's just say this: I've been saying this all year. There's promising stuff for Miami. It's they just get, mm-hmm. they just have to put very. the pieces together. They're very close to being a again a contender in college hockey. I Berger, Bergeron's got something and going. He, He's just got to finalize it. They, they got, got the it, right guy exactly, and that's huge. They got the they got the perfect guy, and I look at it being a Wisconsin sports fan. It's like Paul Chris for Wisconsin football. He was made to coach football at the University of Wisconsin. I, I almost think Bergeron is the same way with Miami hockey. A guy that knows the culture, he's familiar with the brotherhood. You know, I am pretty. He coached. I believe Rico, he did he? at one point. Yes. So knowing that culture, and I think that's going to be absolutely huge. And I don't think it's that long before Miami. No, I I would back. agree with that completely. I mean, his alma mater is also Miami, so. We're talking about he knows the culture. He's known the culture since he's been in his twenties and teens, being there. So, uh, you know, if you're a Miami fan, and I know we probably, I know for a fact, I got one or two that might be listening week in and week out on this podcast. Um, thank you for the support. Um, Miami will turn this around very soon. I, I wouldn't be shocked if next year we we see Miami a contender with uh, a solid goaltending already in it and more solidified pieces put in place for next year. Hey, does, does one of those listeners have a future? Red uh, on he's the way? already on the way. <laughs> yeah. He's so. already on the way. Well, Hey, shut up. Yeah. Baby C's. Uh, the Bergeron might be waiting for baby C to, to help this team out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I mean, NCAC pretty much we're already set in stone. Like you know, Tony, you mentioned uh, we're, we're waiting on the St. Cloud Duluth series, which is actually a pretty big series here with only one point separating them um, and only a few percentage points uh, as well. Um, so really, the the one four through eight is solidified. Where we're just seeing who's going to finish two and three, which could be a big deal, especially if you're a Western Michigan and Colorado College fan uh, who you are end up going to be playing in the first round. Exactly. It's going to be a dog. Um, but, guys, that's ah, – Yeah, I get, I get the joke. 
<laughs> but, 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 guys, that's all I got for for this week in college hockey. You guys got anything else we, we, that we need to discuss here? Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be discussed. Yeah. As long as my fashion well, anymore, or we're trying to pronounce names, I think I think I think we had a good run there. Um. Hey, Brian. Brian, here's oh a question for you. Let's let's do it. Brian, who's got the best cheesecake Ooh. in Philly? Let's put it this way. I haven't had a bad one. Where? <laughs> I have. In Texas. I, I don't, was it? Was it? I don't. I was just saying, I like in Texas. No, dude. I have. There's this place I go to, Truck Yard. When, when y'all come down here, I'm taking Ooh, you to Truck Yard. Mainly just to drink. But um, no, what's that place we? What's that place we went to in that? Uh, the, it's the same as Ballpark Village oh, the, in the, St. Louis. Um, Xfinity Live. But it's right near all the stadiums. Yeah, the, the one in there was not great. I'll tell you that much. It wasn't bad because who doesn't love – It's really hard to screw up. And when you, if you do, you, you don't stay around in business too long. So, But apparently uh, I'll have to dig back through my archive see where that was. but Or see what that was. But oh. Chicky and Pete's is pretty yeah, good. Chicky oh. and Pete's. What was that? All right, Matt, I got one for you. Who's got who? who best oh, pizza man, I was really in Chicago. Hoping you say like hot Please dogs. say Little Caesars. Uh, Pete's. Best hot dog in no best, best, best hot, hot dog. dog uh, no, number one for me is oh, Henry's. Yeah. Is that that? Uh, no, uh, no. I, where did I? No, you're talking about. Uh, no, I, can you even get a hot dog? I didn't get a hot dog. You're talking about gyms. <laughs> You're talking about gyms off off in in downtown uh, for that Cubs game. It, it's kind. Of, it, no, no, no. I'm talking. Was it after the Cubs game? I was thinking the one. It's over by the uh, United Center. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, Is that's gyms. That's gyms. That's where it took you. Yeah, the Chicagoland area is Henry's uh, number two shout out uh, to the home down hot dog over here in Downers Grove Woodridge area. And that would be Doggy Diner. Hands down. You want your two best hot dogs right there. One and two Henry's Doggy Diner. Book it. Punch it in. Lock it in. I would ask anybody to go toe to toe with me and challenge me on those two places. And if you want to challenge Wally, you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> and right. fight to the death on where your hot dogs yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't ask me on pizza. It's right. so hard because we have so much, we have so many good pizza places. Um, you, that's you've right. got pizza exactly. and you've got casserole. <laughs> hey, Tony, let me challenge you this. Who's got the best pasty in the UP? <laughs> Oh, prime pasta. <laughs> Next question: Barbecue in Dallas. Give me, give me Pecan Lodge all day. Let me, let me, day. let me riddle you this for both of you: Who's got the best barbecue wings on Friday night? Oh, there's only one answer: Waldo's. Waldo's. We're gonna figure out where the best salad is oh. next. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, on that note, I think we need to wrap this up because because Tony's about to go online shopping here for some hockey shirts. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy yeah. an Abbey Rock. Uh, but I can't wait. We're gonna talk about pairwise next week even more, and we're gonna really break down the, the teams on the outside looking in, the teams on the hot seat who might be on their way out of the top 16. So I'm looking forward to it. We got interesting games this weekend that could really make a difference here before we head into the conference playoffs.